Father, I lift up my brothers and sisters and that, Lord, we would be able to have a productive time in your word. I pray that all of the, the um, background noise and the, and the running, um, you know, whether it's the distraction of the whatever we got going on in the world or, or maybe it's something in the flesh or, or something even that the enemy would be whispering into hearts and minds. Lord, God, would you... I mean, you said that your truth would set us free, and so God, we're asking that you would help us to receive your word, that we would be able to receive it in faith. Lord, help us to be Bible believers, not Bible excusers, uh, not, not, not undermining your word in our own heart and our mind, but Lord, help us to, to see what your word says, and then, Lord, make the adjustments in our life that'll bring you the most glory, and so Father, Help us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if you did not get a handout on the way in and you want hard copy, you can raise your hand. Just keep your hand up until somebody from Connections finds you. Otherwise, hopefully the, the PDF is on the social links and you can get the digital copy online. Okay, so <clears throat> we're looking at some just various points for effective prayer in group settings. Uh, did you get what I'm saying? So this, you know, when you're at home by yourself and, and you're calling on the Lord, um, you know, hey, no problem. You may not, you may not uh, actually follow all of this. But when we're together, let's just talk about some practical tips that are going to help us in our prayer ministry together. Sound good? Uh, is everybody in? because this may step on a few toes. I just want to know up, I want you to know up front, I'm not thinking about any individual, okay? So I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about you, just assume I'm talking about the person next to you, okay? Um, so these are just various points, okay? This is not an exhaustive list. These are just a few points that need to be brought up from time to time, and, and these are the ones that I selected for this time. Uh, this could be, you know, points for prayer. Oh my goodness, that could be a year-long series, right? So we're just looking at a few things that we, church, need to hear right now in this season. And so, you know, quick concept that, that I think we're all aware of. We want to be effective with God and his word in our prayers together. Amen? Amen. Obviously. First uh, John chapter 5, verse 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Okay, that right there ought to put us praying all the time. If I know God's word, I know God's will, I've got now a prayer manual, and God's gonna hear me if I'm asking anything according to his will. He's hearing. Okay, that ought to encourage us. Um, we ought to pray, because this is a big book. There's a lot to pray about. So we wanna be effective with God and the word of God in our prayers together, but we also want our prayers to be edifying to one another. In other words, if I pray and the only person that's edified and blessed whenever I pray is me, then I miss the point of us praying together. Uh, we want our prayers to edify our brothers and sisters in Christ. First Corinthians 14, 26 says that we're to let all things be done unto edifying. So what, are, what things? Well, whatever things you do, if it's, if it's with the body, if it's with your brethren, it ought to be edifying to them, amen? 
So that includes whenever we get together in prayer. Our prayer should be building up our brothers and sisters in Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 19 says again, think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. Well, what things? Well, whatever they did with them, right? Whatever they did in connection with them, everything, what thing? All things. They did it for the edifying of the church. So here's the key. Please get this down. I don't think this is in your notes, mainly because I wanted you to write it down, all right? If you're having a great time in prayer, but everyone else is dying, it's not a great time in prayer. Did you get that? If you're having a wonderful time in prayer, but everybody else is like trying to stay awake or they're rolling their eyes or they're wondering if you will ever shut up, it's not a great time in prayer. It's like, uh, you know, it's not fun unless everyone's having fun. You heard mom or grandma say that, right? Uh, So let's talk about best practices in a corporate prayer setting. Number one, do not forget who you're talking to. This is critical. When we come together in prayer, we can never forget who we're talking to because it's easy to lose focus when we pray. Sometimes you can fall asleep when you pray. I mean, you lose so much focus, you're snoring. Uh, I was in a citywide prayer ministry meeting and we had this cat, never mind. It's just, well, okay, so. Uh, he, you know, he was just really good. You know how some people can just sleep setting up. Of course, the head's like, like this, you know. And uh, he's getting away with it, except he snores. <laughs> it would be hard. So several pastors from around the city were praying together, and then here goes brother so-and-so, and it's, he lost focus, right? <laughs> you know, and then, as, you know, we quit praying. We're like, should we wake him up or should we? He had a rough night, let him sleep, you know. It's easy to lose focus when we pray. And yes, we're praying together. We're praying with one another. This is something we're doing together. And for sure, we have to keep that in mind. But we want our prayer, you know, and, and we want, of course, we want our prayers to be edifying. If what I'm praying to God isn't building up my brother or sister in Christ, I'm missing the mark. However, we are not praying to each other. Okay, never lose sight of who we're talking to. We're praying to the living God. So you're not praying for your peeps. I mean, yes, you are, because all things should be done unto edifying, but they're not the one you're petitioning. The person in your prayer group, your prayer partner, is not the one that you're calling on. Remember, we're speaking to the living God. The goal is to pray with your people to the living God. Is everybody with me? We're together, we're calling on the Lord. And so when I'm speaking words, it's not to impress you, it's to get a hold of God. This is critical. There's too much praying to impress the people that we're praying with, and not enough calling on the Lord for God to do what only God can do. So if we're in a group, think about this. Let's say we're just sitting around, we're talking. There's four or five of us, and we're visiting. And if all of a sudden it becomes very clear that you're actually talking at me, but you're really talking to the rest of the people in the group, how am I gonna find that? How is that gonna strike me? You know, so I'm, re- you know, I'm really talking to Uriah, but it looks like I'm talking to Havila. And, uh, you know, and really what I'm doing is I'm trying to get a message to Uriah. How are you gonna receive that? It's like, it's offensive, right? The easy way is to reverse it. 
You know Uriah? Now, who am I talking to? It looks like I'm talking to you. You know Uriah? Um, it, it's, it's, just, it's just really wonderful how my wife scrambles eggs and bacon, right? She, she cooks up this wonderful breakfast for me every morning, and, and, I, and that's just, I just want you to know what a blessing that is for me. What are you gonna think? You're gonna think Uriah set me up to talk about my blessing so that you would fall under conviction. <laughs> Do you see how that, would you assume that? Yeah, you, like, and would you find that like, oh, you know what? Pastor Miles is so wise. He, like, that was, a, that was an amazing thing, how he just really handed me my head in a very careful way. I mean, it sounded like he was talking to Uriah, but really, he was, he was taking up Uriah's case for scrambled eggs and bacon every morning. Nobody responds that way. She's obviously gonna be offended. Right? Is there, okay, it's a silly illustration, but you get what I'm saying, right? I'm not actually talking to Uriah, I'm talking to Havilah, and it's, it's just obnoxious is what it is. Okay, well, how do you think God feels when you, when, you, when you feign to talk to him, but really you're talking to the people in your group? Now, again, I get it. There's this weird balance. Let all things be done unto edifying, but I'm praying with my people to get a hold of God. If I'm speaking at God in performance for my, for my prayer partners, right? For the sake of my prayer partners, God's not impressed. So that introduces the next point. We wanna pray to, not at God, okay? He is a person, he has personality. He's not someone that you just put orders into. You're talking to the living God, the creator of heaven and earth, God Almighty. So we wanna have some respect. Right? Don't, don't treat God worse than you would treat a stranger. If a stranger gets better communication and better treatment, our priorities are messed up. We're talking to, not at God. You know, people pick up on a performance versus sincere, forthright communication with Almighty God. And so, if you're not talking to God, you're, talking, you're just throwing words at God. You ever notice how a lot of times, and again, we've all been guilty of this, okay? I hope you're not hearing, I hope you hear this in the spirit in which I'm communicating it. I want us to, to grow in how we approach the Lord. Uh, but have you ever noticed how you can just change the way you talk the minute you start praying? And you go into theater mode? So I can have a, you know, I can have this normal conversation with Uriah, but the minute it's time for us to pray together, oh, Heavenly Father. <laughs> you know, like the tone, the meter, everything, the pitch changes, you know. Thou hast blessed us with many, I would, you know, I don't <laughs> use that vernacular with Uriah, but now with God. And so, you know, people can make a case for the fact that, that God talks to us in the King's English, and so it's very natural for us to speak, and we'll do some of that, but we wanna be careful that what we're not doing, we're not putting on a show. We wanna be careful to avoid that, because it's off-putting whenever we see somebody putting on a show. How is that edifying to us whenever it looks like you're just throwing words at God for a performance sake. Jesus takes it personal. In Matthew 23, verse 14, he says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Have you ever noticed the people that are performing, they like the show, to, the show must go on and on and on and on. Some people need an elbow to the ribs. It's time to put an amen on that disaster. 
Spurgeon says it this way, you are, before the Lord, you are before the Lord, let your words be few, but let your heart be fervent. Man, now that's, that's brilliant. So, point number three, our prayers together should be direct as possible. When we're calling on the Lord in a corporate prayer setting, we ought to be as direct with our prayers as we can. Job understood this, he got it, Job 23 verse three, oh that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat, I would order Watch this now, I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. So how do we do that? What are we talking about? Again, just silly, silly example. Let's say I don't have coffee. What do I do? I don't go into a long treatise on the origins, the benefits, the need, right, of addicts for coffee what would I do? I would just say, can I have a cup of coffee? Amen. <laughs> right? What have I done? I've, 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 I've entered a petition. I've made a plea. I have, I, have, I have ordered my cause, and I've made my request, and I've let it be made known. So when we get into our groups, don't be a prayer hog. So we're going to get, we have a season of prayer. We get in our groups, and you guys know, we got like, you know, anywhere from five to, to maximum 10 minutes. If you pray for eight, prayer hog. Prayer hog, oink, oink. You're rooting up all the prayers and it's just not right, it's just not fair. Don't be a prayer hog. You know people wanna be spiritual and pray for 10 minutes to show how spiritual, that's not fair, you're a prayer hog. Let, let's just work to be done with that. So I'm ready to pray whenever I know I can do it succinctly and directly. So we have seasons of prayer, okay? That's what we wanna do. When we get our prayer groups, let's have seasons of prayer. How? Well, okay, if we list eight requests, don't pray for all eight. Pick the one request that burdened your heart or the one you got fired up about and you know what the request needs to be over that request. Like you know personally how you wanna lift that up to the Lord and you can do it succinctly. Pray for that one thing. And you know, this is kind of like how we do it. Well, all of our prayers in Jesus' name, but we kind of use it like a, you know, shaving a haircut two bits. So we'll lift up the request. Lord, I need a cup of coffee in Jesus' name. And if you don't say amen, that means the season of prayer is still open. You know, have you ever noticed that? We kind of do that. We don't have to add in Jesus' name to every sentence that we order, but it's an effective thing to help us remember how, why, in whom we're able to pray. Uh, so we're not gonna knock each other for that. We pray in Jesus' name. That's how we do it. Um, but just pick one prayer request that the Spirit points out to you in special burden or excitement and then just lift that up. And then, and then leave it to the group and if there's a little bit of quiet time, that's okay. People are ordering their cause. They're getting their, they're getting their arguments in order before the Lord. Uh, quietness together in prayer, it's a fine thing. Let somebody else pick another prayer point and then lift that up. Sometimes we call this popcorn prayer. In other words, can I lift up this request in one to three sentences and then just do that instead of just hogging up the whole time, you got five people in your prayer group and nobody gets to pray because you blah, 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 you got all the words. Spur, again, Spurgeon, he's so, he's so hot on these topics, I just I couldn't help stealing his quotes. There is much reason, he says, to complain of some public prayers, that those who offer them do not really ask God for anything. I must acknowledge, I fear 
to having so prayed myself and certainly to having heard many prayers of the kind in which I did not feel that anything was sought from the Lord. A great deal of, uh, a great deal of very excellent doctrinal and experimental matter uttered, but little real petitioning. And that little in a nebulous kind of state, chaotic and uninformed. He says, but it seems to me that prayer should be distinct. The asking for something definitively, uh, definitely and distinctly, because the mind has realized its distinct need of such a thing and therefore must plead for it. It is well not to beat around the bush in prayer, but, uh, but to come directly to the point. I like that prayer of Abraham's, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. There is the name and the person prayed for, the blessing desired, all put in a few words. Have you ever noticed the prayers of the Bible are all very short? They're, they're all very short. Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Many, many persons would have used a roundabout expression of this kind. Oh, that our beloved offspring might be regarded with favor in which thou bearest to those who blah, blah, blah. Okay, no, say Ishmael, you mean Ishmael, put it in plain words before the Lord. Some people cannot even pray for the minister without using such circular descriptives that you might think they were praying for anything. Why not be distinct and say what we mean as well as mean what we say? Ordering our cause would bring us to greater distinctness of mind it's not necessary, my dear brethren, in the closet to ask for every supposable thing. It's not necessary to rehearse the catalog of every want that you may have, have had, can have, or shall have. Ask for what you now need, and as a rule, keep it to the present need. Ask for your daily bread. What do you need now? Ask for that. Ask for it plainly, as for God, as before God, who does not regard your fine expressions, and to whom your eloquence and oratory will be less than nothing in vanity. Thou art before the Lord. Again, let thy words be few, but let thy heart be fervent. Um, did I leave the whole quote in there for you? Uh, so you can, read the, you can read the rest of that, just brilliant. So pick a request, maybe it's a personal request. Don't take time to explain it to everyone, just lift it up to the Lord, pray it out to God and then let another join you in praying for you or just adding amen to your request. So how do we fill our mouth with arguments? Well, we need to learn the world, the, the, the word, okay? Again, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So we need to learn the word. Learn the word because that's how you'll plead God's mercy and grace. Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee, right? Save Lot, <laughs> right? Save my nephew. God loves his people. You know that from his word. Lift them up, lift their need up to him in prayer. What about God's mercy? I mean, didn't God greatly, I mean, if you know the word, you know God is merciful. Didn't he greatly bless us even when we were in rank sin and his enemy? When we were in complete rebellion against him, he showed us mercy. You say, well, this person's so messed up, I just don't, no. If you know the word, you can call on God for his mercy over that need. In Jonah 4, verse two, he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful and slow to anger, and of great kindness and repentance thee of evil. I just knew you'd save him instead of destroying him. That's why I ran. Like he knew God was merciful. Well, you ought to know that too. That, that, that tells me there's nobody that we can't pray for. Doesn't matter how messed up, how tore up, how cray cray they are, we can lift them up to the Lord. God is full of mercy. You need to know the word of God so you can pray the promises of God's word. What does God's word say about the need? Pray that. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit 
whenever we're lifting up requests, even as we're given prayer requests, just Holy Spirit, what, what, what does the word of God say about this? And just watch how he'll bring verses to mind, even as you're listening to the prayer request. Jot it down, look it up in your app, and now you're ready to just read that verse and then say, Lord, here's what we want in relation to this need. Boom, that's good praying that just got heard by God Almighty. Pray the promises of God, ask the Holy Spirit to bring those precious precepts to mind. John 16, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he sh- uh, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Again, Spurgeon, when Jacob was on the other side of the brook, his brother Esau was coming to, to for all he knows, to mess him up. So what did he do? He pleaded, as thou saidst, surely will I do thee good. And then he describes, oh, the force of that plea. He was holding God to his word. And then read the word of God over and over again. God's people are holding God to his promises. God keeps his word. This is how we pray in the Holy Ghost. Jude Jude chapter one, verse 20. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, how do we do that? Well, you know how, you know how we do that. In Ephesians chapter five, verse 17, we're told not to be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but we're to be, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. And when we're filled with the Spirit, what is in us is what will come out of us. What will come out of us? We'll be speaking to ourselves in hymns and psalms and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart. The word of God will come out of us. And then you go to the companion passage to that when Paul says the exact same thing to the church at Colossae, what does he say in Colossians 3.16? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Why? Well, so that what's in you is what will come out of you. What will come out of you? Oh, the word of God. And you'll be speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You'll be singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what'll happen. So as the word, as we learn, as we take in, as we receive the word of God, what's happening? We're giving now the Holy Spirit more and more access to our life. As we're filled with the word of God, we're being filled with the spirit of God. How do I pray in the Holy Ghost? Man, I pray the word. That's how I do it. That's how we we get a hold of God in prayer. We need to know the word. That's how you can pray. You'll pray, if you know the word, you'll pray for God's glory in these requests. Uh, That was true of our first prayer. Remember the first prayer? Real prayer you ever prayed? God have mercy on me, a sinner. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 told you you're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? Why? Because God gets all the glory. Nobody's gonna be bragging in heaven over how great they prayed the prayer of salvation. Man, broke God's heart. He had to to get me in because I I prayed that prayer so good. No, (laughs) you believed on God's terms. You believed on his word. God heard the cry of your heart. He gets all the glory. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. We'll pick it up in verse four. When we pray, how do we do it? This is why we start with praise every time we come together in prayer. Because we rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, verse four. So we start with thanksgiving and praise. Psalms 100 and verse four says we're to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hebrews 13, 15, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise. You say, I had a rough week. Praise him anyway, give thanks. Offer up a sacrifice. Man, you'll get a hold of God's heart. You've been going through the worst time ever. 
God, you're worthy of all honor and glory and praise. Give up, give it up, a sacrifice of praise. That is the, the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Verse five says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. So again, prayer is a great place for this. Nobody gets to steal a 20 minute prayer in corporate prayer. Uh, let your moderation be known. The Lord is at hand. So again, remember who you're talking to. Verse six, don't be worried over anything. Be careful for nothing. Don't be full of care over these issues. Instead, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So there has to be a prayer of faith, and this is the path, verse seven, to the peace of God which passeth all understanding. Point number four. When we pray together, let's be gracious with one another. None of us are gonna pray as we ought. I can go through various points like this and you'll be tempted to, to really take them seriously and then set in judgment and in condemnation over everybody that you're praying with. And pretty soon we've just killed the corporate prayer ministry because everybody's afraid to open their mouth in case they don't do it right and everybody else in the group's like, you did it wrong, you know, like they never say that but you know they're thinking that. When we pray together, let's be gracious, let's be full of grace, not judgment. Why? Because there's not one person in this room that knows how to pray right. Did you know that? We are all just a bunch of kids endeavoring. We're all a bunch of foolish children of God endeavoring. You, say, you, you, say, you don't know me, pastor. You can't say that about me. My prayers are awesome. Well, that's okay. You say that because you don't know the Bible. Romans chapter eight, verse 26 says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Boom, there it is. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, your prayers, no, don't do that. Let's not start any fights. <laughs> your prayers stink. Okay, no, we don't, know how to, we don't know how to pray as we ought. There's a way we should be praying and we don't know how to do it. Uh, we're all just endeavoring. We're just all attempting. Thank God for the Spirit, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Remember, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So the Spirit steps in, it's like, bro, you're stinking this up, let me interpret. <laughs> right? Thank the Lord. And so now everything's working together for our good and God's using it all to grow us in Christ and, and we'll grow in our capacity for prayer. So here it is, okay, Ephesians 4. Whenever we're praying together, don't set in judgment and condemnation over your brother or your, sister, your fellow endeavorer in the work of prayer. Don't do that. Of course they're stinking it up. You, you, you do too. I do, All of, none of us, I mean, God said we don't know how to pray as we ought. Thank God for his spirit. Thank God for the helper, amen? So we're gonna have grace with one another. And uh, when a brother or sister turns into a prayer hog, we'll be like, hey, you know, it would have been kind of nice if, 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 uh, if a couple other people got to pray, just, you know, just saying. Um, but love you, man, that was, uh, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for doing it, thanks for endeavoring, you know? Let's hold each other accountable. No fist fights, okay, so. Here it is. How do we treat each other? Ephesians 4 verse two says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, so help me God by his grace, I'm gonna put up with you. (laughs) 
That's just wrong. I'm sorry. You have to forbear, okay? Because the person on either side of you, inevitably, maybe multiple times, they're going to be dancing on your last nerve. We got to forbear. We got we to gotta forbear one another in love. Look at verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, you can, you can put up with a lot. You can do it because you got God, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and you got the, you got the people of God helping you. Colossians 3.12 tells us to put on, therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Here it is again, right? Long-suffering. Meekness, long-suffering. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you're called in one body, and be thankful. Man, praise the Lord. We can do that. Uh, We can give each other a lot of grace. God gives us the capacity for that. More importantly, he commands us to that. Number five, whenever we come together, particularly now in our worship services, okay? You want to be listening to the messages on Sunday morning, whether it's in our worship service together or in our fellowships. Listen to the message with a mind for prayer. And then as we're closing the service, you start praying. Okay, hear what I'm saying, because this is the group that is the biggest offender of this on Sundays. Okay, you're the people, I mean, you're all in. You're hardcore for Jesus, you're all hardcore for the mission, and you've got places to be and things to do, people to check in with. I mean, you're busy, man, you're really busy. And so we spend time in the Word, and the minute the Bible starts zipping up, you're zipping up everything, you're making, I mean, you're, you're now 30 decibels above everything else in the room, and you're getting all your stuff and you're bugging out, you know, last chopper out of Nam, you gotta be on it, you know, or whatever, like, you gotta leave right then and you're wrecking the altar call. Do you hear what I'm saying? What, what, what we're gonna get out of the altar calls, what we're gonna get out of the times of decision based on what the word of God says that's been presented is up to you. According to your faith, be it unto you. I'm, I'm talking to the right group. I know you got stuff to do, but don't wreck what we're doing together. More importantly, don't be lazy, don't be a bum. You're not here for you. Well, I got places to be and stuff to do. Well, you know, that can wait. Okay, that can wait three more minutes. That can wait five more minutes. Yeah, but I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta go set up or whatever. Well, man, I mean, you know, if we find out that we need 20 minutes between services, we'll schedule that, okay? Uh, you're part of the ministry here. Again, Spurgeon says, believe me, if a church does not pray, it is dead. So don't leave early, you're a distraction. So you got people that we're calling to consider what we just heard in the word, and we got 30 people bugging out of the service. Every service, every Sunday. Whenever what you need to do is take just a couple minutes and start praying fervently. Like, I need you, your fellowship leader needs you to do that. We need everybody praying. So as you're taking notes, you're not just getting information. I got my information, see ya, smell you later. No, you're not done yet, okay? Until you have called on the Lord in prayer over what we heard in the word for its application to the hearts and lives of men and women and young people, you're not done. 
pray. Okay, we don't, we, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to do 15 minute altar calls, okay? These are short things, because I don't want to emotionally manipulate anyone. I just want to make a little space for people to respond to what they've heard. Help me do that. Is this making sense? Help me do that. Now, inevitably, there's somebody that won't be here this, I mean, they weren't here tonight, they're here this Sunday, and somebody's gonna bug out when I was, okay, let's pray, and, and they're, you know, don't stand and point to them and cry out, unclean, you leper scum, you know, just, we'll forbear, and we'll have, but let's be away with that practice. Spurgeon said, true prayer is an astonishing thing. He says, it'll really thrill you with a holy wonder. Attend a prayer meeting where the Holy Ghost is present with the, in the fullness of power, where the brethren pray, not as a mere matter of form, but as if filled with all the fullness of God. It's become a wonder, he says, for God's people to really cry. We need some fervent prayer as we close out our services. Is this making sense? We want the Holy Spirit to do on hearts and lives what only he can do. We try to present truth. How are people gonna be able to receive it without the work of the Spirit? Amen? Okay, so there's probably a prayer point or two. Let's just take two or three minutes max right now. Let's break up into prayer groups. Order your cause. Just let's do some popcorn prayer. Lift that up, make space for other people in the group to pray. You can pray twice, you can, it'll come around the horn, you can pray again, but let's just have a really short season of prayer. And then uh, we've got some missions requests that we need to cover.